Saracens used the site of a Roman temple to Diana to build a cathedral dedicated to St. Paul. West of London, there was another outcrop of hard gravel at Thorny Island. Edward the Confessor, who ruled from 1042 to 1066, decided to build himself a palace there and a magnificent cathedral, thus initiating the two-centre conurbation of London and Westminster. In 1087, the Anglo-Saxon cathedral within the walls was destroyed by fire, but the Normans rebuilt it. The effective administrative system of parishes and wards that was already in place was formalised, and many parish churches date from this time. Religious communities began to congregate in London, funnelling the wealth contributed by the faithful into abbeys and convents, and they often chose sites at the edge of the built-up area, but still within the Roman walls. Nobles began to find it convenient to have London bases near the royal court in Westminster, as well as their territorial seats, since disputes could no longer be settled by war. As manufacturers and import and export trading grew, merchants set up commodity exchanges and built themselves comfortable houses in the city. There was a thriving market for construction skills and for workers in luxury and service trades, all of whom had to find roofs over their heads, and markets supplying their everyday needs. By the 16th century, the monastic orders had acquired enormous wealth. Once Henry VIII had broken with Rome, he dissolved the orders, appropriated their possessions, and sold off or gave away their lands as he disposed of property after property between 1536 and 1540, London became a vast building site. This turmoil of redevelopment was still going strong at the end of the century. By the middle of the 16th century, the population of England was probably about three million, increasing to over four million by the end of the century, and London had begun its inexorable growth, rising from about... 120,000 in mid-century to 200,000 in 1600. The authorities didn't think this was a good thing and periodically tried to persuade the nobles to go home to their country houses and the merchants and others to stop building new houses in London, but as a policy it didn't work. Building went on. We think of London as the metropolis that has recently acquired a mayor of its own, the vast sea of bricks and mortar with occasional green patches that stretches out of sight from the top of the London Eye, with a population of seven million people, not counting commuters. Here I use London to mean the two cities of London and Westminster with adjacent built-up areas along the banks of the river. By the city... I mean the area of one square mile within the Roman walls, with the outlying developments round the walls, and the parish of Southwark across the bridge, the territory within the jurisdiction of the Lord Mayor of the City of London. Some surviving buildings can serve as landmarks, and many street names can still be found on a modern map. In the city, the Guildhall and the Tower of London and St. Paul's Cathedral, rebuilt after the Great Fire of 1666, but on the same site, have not moved. 
the present London Bridge was built in 1967 on much the same site as its predecessors. In Westminster, the medieval Great Hall is still there, beside the 19th-century Palace of Westminster. The Abbey and St. James's Palace, much restored, still remain. Lawyers still work in the temple, although nowadays they've only to cross the road to get to court, instead of taking a boat up to Westminster Hall. And the red brick and grey stone of Lambeth Palace are still there across the river. The River The River Thames flows for 215 miles through the English countryside until it spreads into a wide estuary and reaches the sea at Gravesend. The distance from Chelsea to Greenwich is 16...